Hey everyone, uh, welcome back to another episode. Well guys, uh, today is the first day of bulldozing down. Uh, we have many more days ahead of us. Um, but kind of recap for a lot of you that's following along. Um, so today was the first day we were actually able to start bulldozing a new road. Um, pretty far, um, well over a mile. It's anywhere between a mile and two miles, somewhere in there. Um, and... In some areas, it's not so bad, and in some areas, it's really bad. Um, so I started covering up all the bull holes um, that the cattle create, all the bulls, um, down by the corral. I backbladed with the bulldozer. I tore up the ground to try to fill everything in, backblade, and then run it all over with the tracks to track it all in to kind of compact it again a little bit. Uh, and then I started building out the road, and I'll, everything was going well. I was cutting into the hill. Everything is good. Uh, and then I pass the hill and I keep going and I'm going back and forth because I'm I'm cutting, taking material to fill in the lower spots, also cattle trails and other bull holes along the way. Um, and then I'm backblading and trying to make it wide enough and level enough for trucks, um, machinery, trailers, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, so I was going at it for many, many hours um, until, believe it or not, I ran out of diesel. <laughs> um, I was actually in the middle of a push. I had the blade fully loaded up and I was pushing and I'm like, the, the bulldozer started losing power and I'm like, what's going on here? At first I thought it was overheating, but I looked at the gauges and it was not even close to overheating and it started like just losing power completely. So I powered down, turned it off cause I didn't know what was going on right away. Uh, and then I went, I jumped off the seat and I walked on the back of the bulldozer cause on the back where you sit on the bulldozer right behind you is the fill cap for the diesel tank and the diesel tank is big really big and um but the diesel tank is it also goes pretty far down so i jumped off the machine walked around the back and i you know i'm knocking on the tank and sure enough the tank is completely empty i couldn't believe it we ended up putting in a hundred and fifty dollars this morning and i burnt through that pretty quick um, so what we end up having to do, because once the, the one bad part about diesel engines is that you never want to let them run without fuel because the second you run them without fuel, um, air gets into the line. Okay. And then you have to bleed that air out because a diesel engine has a really hard time starting up when there's air in the line. Um, especially on like machinery where there's not a electronic pump pumping. It's like a P pump meaning the, the motor built into the motor on the pump is a little lever. When the, when the motor is running, it goes up and down, up and down, up and down, and it pumps the fuel, you know, so as soon as you start cranking it and it starts, um, that's when it starts to pump the fuel, right? So as you're cranking, it's slowly pumping, but when you get it started, um, it keeps the flow going for you. And so when you run dry, and there's air in the lines, you have to actually go to every um, injection port and crack open all the injection ports uh, and then, you know, start trying to crank it, crank it by bleeding out the air in all the lines. And that's a process. It takes time. <clears throat> so we, I ended up bleeding out all the air from all the um, um, injection ports uh, for the diesel. Uh, a lot of air came out. Uh, and then finally we had fuel coming through. And then after we had fuel coming through, um, took a little bit of starter fluid just to kind of get the, the engine to turn over a couple times so the P-pump could pull up. Well, it's not a P-pump. On a Cummings engine, they call it a P-pump. 
But on like a bulldozer and other things, it's they call it something else. But really, it's just a P pump in a sense. And it's pumping, you know, the fuel up. So after we um, gassed it a couple times with some um, starter fluid, um, she started up and boom, no problem. And then what we ended up doing was we let it run for a little bit. Uh, then we went back to all the injection ports and I opened them all up to bleed any more air that may be in the line. Because, you know, you could have all the lines good except for one line that has a little air stuck in it. And that can really make the machine run rough. So you want to make sure you get all the, the air out. So we went ahead and bled all the lines, got the air out, got the machine running again, um, and no problem. Um, now, the other thing is, too, is because I don't have a diesel pump, um, we used to have a lot, a lot of you may have seen in the back of a truck these big fuel tanks that have a, their actual fuel, looks like a, a f filling nozzle from a gas station on the back. And what that is is an auxiliary um, fuel tank for diesel. And that's usually what we would use to fill up machines because it's got a built-in pump to pump diesel. So we would fill that up with 100 gallons or whatever it is, 150 gallons, and then go to the machine and pump it. But we don't have that um, auxiliary fill tank anymore. So what we had to do was I had to weld a 4x4 steel pole um, to the side frame of the cab really up high with a come-along. Uh, so I put the come-along on the top to hook it. And then we put a chain around a 55-gallon drum on the lip, not around the circumference, but on the lip. Um, so that way when you tighten up on the, um, you know, the chain or the come-along, it tightens up on the chain and pulls on it. So um, it's actually a pretty good system. It actually works pretty good. It's not that bad. It just takes a little time because you, you just re reverse all the way up to the tracks of the bulldozer. You slide over the 55-gallon the drum of fuel. You lay it on its side. Um, we have a spigot that's off. Um, and then we hook the chains to it and we come along it up along the side of the bulldozer to get up up high enough where the 55-gallon drum is higher than the um, inlet for the fuel tank on the bulldozer. Uh, and then we will go ahead and open up the little faucet that we put onto the 55-gallon drum with a really short water hose. Um, that way we can, you know, guide the, um, you know, just basically stick it into the port and open up the valve and just let it gravity feed into the bulldozer. Um, so this morning we put diesel in that way. And then um, this afternoon we ended up putting um, 55 gallon drum of um, diesel back in it after we bled all the lines and got it all going again. Um, so there's one other thing that we need to do on the bulldozer that I noticed today is the um, the belts for the fan and for the for the alternator. Um, it's a, it's a dual belt so it means it's two belts on the same pulley and um, they're loose so tomorrow morning the first thing is we're going to go ahead and tighten up those belts um, that way we don't have the belts um, too loose and taking the chance of breaking the belts plus two we want to make sure it's you know got some tension on it because we want to make sure it's charging the batteries right because to start these bulldozers it takes a lot of power you know there's two really big um batteries really long batteries for bulldozers they're really heavy they're really big and so you know it takes a lot of juice so we want to make sure that while we're running the machine that we're making sure that the batteries are staying topped off and charged because we do have a brand new starter on it a brand new alternator on it um we have a lot of brand new stuff on this machine um so you know tomorrow morning we'll just tighten up the belt a little bit and it'll be no problem but yeah uh the first day went not too bad guys not too bad at all let me tell you though uh, a bulldozer has massive, and I, and I want to stress this, a massive amount of 
of torque, uh, a massive amount of weight. And so when you put that blade down, I mean, <laughs> let me tell you, it'll just peel. It'll just start peeling up the grass and peeling up the dirt. And if you're not too, not too careful, you'll end up, because once the blade loads up with weight, um, the machine wants to push down into the dirt more. So you always got to float the, um, the bulldozer blade up because you can adjust it up and down and you can actually tilt it left to right. And so um, you want to float the blade because you don't want to be digging down. You want to, you know, you're trying to cut grade, right? We're not trying to build a swimming pool. We want to cut grade so we have a decent road. So, um, yeah, uh, not too bad. I actually parked the bulldozer down by the um, corral. I reversed it and back bladed back over there so we could um, put diesel in it a little bit easier. And also tomorrow morning, it's going to be easier to tighten up the belts. Because when you're bulldozing, it's just dust and dirt everywhere. So working in that type of environment sucks. So I went ahead and drove it backwards um, to the corral where it's all grass and everything. So it's going to be easier for us to work on in the morning really quick. Um, but yeah, once I get that belt tightened up, it really should take maybe 15, 20 minutes to tighten that belt up. Uh, and then we're going to start it back up and I'm going to keep bulldozing. Um, I am taking some footage um, as much as I can here and there. But I'm also paying attention to my terrain. I don't want to go, you know, too steep on one side and flip the machine over. I'm on a bulldozer, right? So, uh, you know, I want to be cautious of what I'm doing, obviously, working with um, heavy equipment. So, yeah, um, super happy that um, we started. I Let's see. If I had to estimate the amount of road that I've already bulldozed in, um, probably about a football field at least. Yeah, probably at least a football field, maybe a little bit more, probably right around a football field. So that's a pretty good start. Um, so tomorrow morning, I'm, I'm ready to go. Only problem is when you're working on heavy machinery like bulldozers and skidsters and excavators and all that stuff, you get greasy, you get oily, you get dirty, hydraulic fluid on you, you know, your clothes gets destroyed essentially. Um, so I'm actually washing clothes right now. Because for the last couple of days, um, I've been using up all my jeans and my shirts. So um, I'm washing clothes right now. Um, and a really quick update on the solar-powered uh, um, water um, pumping situation that I put together the other day. Um, that video is live. So if you guys have not seen that video, definitely check out the video on the um, solar-powered water pumping um, setup that I put together. Definitely check it out. Very unique. I... It's funny, guys. I get a kick off the small things sometimes and not so much the big things. Like bulldozing today was fun. Don't get me wrong. And yeah, I got to play around a little bit. And, you know, but it's more tedious, right? You're working. You're just trying to get something done. But when you do like smaller projects like that, you know, the solar water pumping situation I put together, that, <laughs> I don't know. I get more of a kick out of it than anything else. Um, but yeah, it is working flawless, guys. Every single morning my water tank is full by nine by by 10 o'clock the absolute latest it'll be completely full but i've been noticing the last couple of days it's actually been full by nine o'clock by 9 15 it's already completely full this morning when i went down to go and get um diesel um i stopped by it was pretty early it was probably about 7 40 ish maybe 7 45 the sun was just peeking up um it was still very low in the sky and um, obviously I knew the, the solar panel didn't have enough power to even turn on yet because of the angle of the sun. 
And so I just went swing by just to see if it was turning on, but it didn't turn on yet. So the pump is turning on between somewhere between 8 and 8.30 in the morning. That's when it's actually turning on because there's enough sun. Uh, then, like I said, by 9, 9.30, it's completely full. So, yeah, awesome, guys. So, yeah, we're definitely catching up on some projects around here. Um, there's so much going on in the background, guys. It's hard for me to uh, sh share every aspect of all these. Don't get me wrong, guys. I feel very blessed um, and very um, humbled by all these things that I'm able to do and have the opportunity to do. You know, um, not many people have these opportunities. And so, um, you know, I don't take it for granted by any means, but I, I earn my keep. You know, let's put it that way. I definitely earn my keep. So, um, but yeah, it is fun to be able to, you know, work on these machines and, you know, operate them. We have a excavator in the front that I've been using as well. Um, we've been using the excavator to load up, um, wrap chains around pallets of T-poles and really heavy things and unloading trailers, loading up trailers, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, actually, I'll tell you guys a quick story about that excavator. So the excavator, the first day that I got the excavator out here um, to actually move the water tanker, because in order to move the water tanker, you need um, like a military vehicle, like a really big military vehicle um, or a semi truck because of where the um, pintle hitch is so high. You know, it, it, if I was to reverse up to it, my truck, my truck is a full size one ton Ram. The hitch is above my bed on the back. You know, it's really, really high. So you got to have a really big, um, you know, truck in order to move it around. And we don't have a semi. We don't own semis. So um, we used an excavator to, to move it. So we made sure the tank was completely empty. I wrapped a um, strap, a really heavy-duty um, towing, not towing strap. Well, I guess, yeah, it's a towing strap too, but it's a really heavy-duty strap uh, around the pintle hitch. And I connected it up to the bucket of the excavator and I started walking it backwards because I could control the height with the bucket. And I'm just basically walking backwards and pulling it along with me. And um, I was able to get it in its spot. But let me tell you what happened. The very first day that I attempted to move it, because it was sitting in one spot for a while, the, the water tanker, the tires, because it, it's, it's pretty heavy, that water tanker, even empty. And the tires kind of went like they sunk down in the ground a little bit, maybe about at least two inches for all the tires, right? At least two, three inches it sunk into the ground. So when I had to like break it loose and like pull it, um, I was wiggling it back and forth, trying to get it to, you know, get out of the little holes that it was sitting in for so long. Um, and I finally got it loose and, and started pulling it. I'm like, Oh yeah, I was able to pull it about two, three feet. Um, and then I, I needed to take a break because I want to make sure that the tires had enough air and I jump off the machine and I noticed that the bucket has a crack, maybe about, whew, probably about between four to six inches long from me tugging on the, uh, the water tanker to, to bring it. But keep in mind the excavator we're using is extremely old. Um, it's actually a family friends that, he just had sitting in the backyard and it's got plenty issues, plenty problems. And so we basically made a deal with them. And, um, so now we have the excavator and we're the ones fixing it and running the machine. Um, so after I noticed the bucket was cracked, um, I ended up having to, um, 
um, close up the crack by um, squeezing the bucket back together to, to close up the gap as much as possible. And then I welded the hell out of it. I, I did three welds on top of each other. So I did the first weld with a 6018, sorry, 6011 um, welding rod. So a 6011 welding rod has deep penetration, okay? And so, but it doesn't give you the nicest weld sometimes. So I did that weld first to secure the, the crack together so it doesn't come apart again. Uh, and then I went with a 7018, no, no, 60, wait, what did I use? I used a, I'm looking at my welding rods, let's see. I either used a... 6013 or a 7018 rod um, in order to float over it uh, and then I grinded it down nice and smooth and then I went ahead and um, put another weld on top of it uh, so there's essentially three welds on top of each other um, you know making sure it's all solid and then I also welded the inside of the bucket um, with a double weld and yeah after I did that we hooked back onto the um, the water tanker and started dragging it and no problem it's holding really nice and strong um, so for those of you that um, don't know about welding rods, stick welding, so to kind of give you guys an, just a really quick um, rundown, I don't want to go into too much specifics about it, but when we re refer to a welding rod that's 6011, 7018, 6013, that kind of stuff, um, the first two numbers of the welding rod represents the amount of um, pounds that it can actually handle. So I'll give you an example. A 6011 rod can handle 60,000 pounds per square inch of weld. So the, the six zero at the front represents 60,000. So like a 7018 rod would represent 70,000, the, the two first numbers. And then the other two numbers um, dictate the, the, the first, like the thickness of the rod, the flux around it, um, there's more information about it. I don't want to go into too much details. But the two main ones is the two first numbers because that tells you the strength of that weld. So like I said, a 6011 rod is an awesome rod. It's a deep penetration, so it's a solid, really solid weld. Um, and so 60,000 pounds per square inch. So if I weld a, um, if I weld exactly one inch, with a 6011 rod, the pulling force on it would take it would, it would take 60,000 pounds or more in order to break that weld apart. So I can give you guys an idea of how strong the welds are, right? And like I said, I had a four to six inch crack. So obviously, I'm running the the welder the 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 rod all the way through the crack. So I have a four to six inch weld, right? So. And then I added a 7018 rod on top of that. So not only do I have a 6011 rod underneath with deep penetration, but I also have a 7018 rod on top of that to float everything over, which is also giving it even more strength. So that, that crack one on that bucket will never crack again. Never. It, it'll crack someplace else, but it will not crack there. <laughs> uh, so just a little quick um, education on welding rods a little bit. The first two numbers is um, the pulling force per square inch. So that's pretty cool. But yeah, um, pretty awesome, guys. Pretty awesome. My back is a little sore from bending over and 
working on the machine and climbing up and down and uh, and let me tell you guys I had my hoodie on today I had my glasses on and my mask on because oh my god it was just dust and dirt I was just tasting it I was eating it it was in my nose my mouth my eyes and I'm trying to cover up like full-on trying to cover up as much as I can I'm covering up to the point where I can Oh, like I can't even see out of my hoodie anymore because there's so much dust. It's like, oh my God. Um, so yeah, I was pretty anxious to um, end the day, take a shower, you know, clean up and start doing some laundry. So tomorrow's going to be a, a new day. So um, anyway, guys, just want to give you guys some updates on the insights of what's happening here behind the scenes. Um, I'm hoping in the next couple of days, as time goes along here, I'll make more footage of the bulldozing work I'm doing. And I'll put that up on YouTube for everybody to see. Um, but for all of you that are watching, I mean, listening to the podcast, you guys all get firsthand of what's happening before the videos even come out. So good for you guys. So stay positive, guys. Keep your head up. You know, if you do the right thing in life, things will always work out for you. You know, sometimes the good guys get the short, the short end of the stick. And that's happened many times to, to myself, right? But more, more times than not, good things will come to good people. Okay, so just stay positive, keep your head up, push forward, and you'll be just fine. You know, be true to yourself, be true to others, and you'll, you'll be just fine in life, guys. You know, so I'm excited about tomorrow. Just rev up that engine and just start pushing dirt. <laughs> anyway, guys, thanks for tuning in. I'll see you guys on the next one.